Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. The biggest stories are of co- in the NFL, of course, is the divisional round of the playoffs. But then there is the intrigue of some of the quarterbacks and where are they going to end up next year. You could say that for most of the 49ers quarterbacks. Tom Brady obviously comes to mind. Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to ignore until he gives a decision because, quite frankly, every time that man speaks, I get bored. But the most interesting name, not only because we don't know his future, but because there's a soap opera, there's drama. He is also young. He's an MV, He's won the MVP. Is Lamar Jackson in the Baltimore Ravens. And joins now to talk all things Ravens and Lamar Jackson from 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. It is Cordell Woodland. Cordell, thank you so much for joining the show today. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. Well, let's start here. Um, the coach, John Harbaugh, and the general manager, they are going to address the media tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Uh, what are your expectations about what you think they will say, and how much are they going to just try to dance around and throw enough cliches and jazz hands to not give any real information to the media and fans? Oh, it'll be a lot of that. It'll, it'll be a lot of word salads, a lot of words, and nothing really being said. Um, I, I don't, if anybody's waiting and hoping for them to come out and give us any, uh, groundbreaking news on the Lamar Jackson extension, I wouldn't really hold my breath for that. They have, <laughs> they've historically been very tight lipped when it comes to these negotiations with Lamar. I will say this. Um, I, I think that they may tell us that they at least have reached out to Lamar. Lamar was in the building on Monday when they were, when the players were doing their locker cleanouts. Um, so I, I would imagine, I find it hard to believe that they would allow Lamar to leave out of the building for the last time this season and at least not give him something to think about while he's gone. You know, give him some sort of offer to at least mull over uh, because despite the back and forth and the relationship maybe not being the best between the two sides, I do still believe both sides want each other. I do believe that the Ravens understand the talent that they have in a Lamar Jackson. They understand he's one of the better quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think Lamar understands the type of organization that the Ravens are. I think they both still have love for each other, but money talks. And I think both sides are going to are in a situation right now to where they have their individual reasons as to why they don't want to budge on what they're looking for financial-wise. Um, if you're the Ravens, you could look at Lamar and say, the last two years you haven't been on the field for us down the stretch. And if you're Lamar, you could say, you know, look at what you've been able to do when I'm not out there, which isn't much. And you haven't put a, a lot of talent around me yet, we have been able to kind of squeeze all the juice out of that orange over the last couple of years. Uh, I got to see you put more talent around me. So uh, in terms of tomorrow's press conference, they're definitely going to be asked about it. I'm expecting them to at least say that they have talked to Lamar since the end of the season, um, but I don't expect this situation to be resolved anytime soon. Would this situation be different if the Cleveland Browns, who are so desperate to win – and so desperate to finally get that quarterback. If the Cleveland Browns hadn't given all of that record level of guaranteed money to Deshaun Watson, do you think that it would have affected or changed the situation today between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson? No doubt. No doubt. I mean, Lamar is looking for a fully guaranteed contract, and that's because he feels like the Deshaun Watson deal has set a precedent. 
Um, and when you're when you're Lamar Jackson and you're a unanimous MVP and you're you know you're the youngest MVP in NFL history, the youngest starting quarterback in playoff history, and you see a guy in Deshaun Watson who has basically missed two years go and get that type of record breaking money, you're like, okay, that's why why in the world would I settle for less than that? It it just doesn't make sense, but business wise to to do, to do that if you're Lamar, so. Uh, I, I do think that that adds another wrinkle into the situation. And I, I don't think it would have been an a easy deal to get done regardless of Deshaun Watson getting his deal done, uh, getting the deal that he got. But I do think that they may have gotten this deal done by now because now you've got Lamar asking for something that the owners are trying to say is an anomaly and Lamar's trying to say it sets a precedent. Um, and, and, you know, it's a sticky situation. Steve Bashotti, the owner of the Ravens, has come out and said he is not – necessarily uh, thrilled or jumping at the opportunity to give Lamar a fully guaranteed contract. He just doesn't think it's good for business. And he's right, you know, from yeah. the team standpoint, it doesn't make sense to do that. And a lot of people talk about Lamar's playing style and all of that. I don't think it makes sense from a team standpoint in general, regardless of his play style, to give a contract like that. It just, it, it hinders you uh, once you get to the salary cap. But Understanding that Lamar is a premier player in this league and the quarterback position of all the positions proves you've got to pay to play there. Trying to play this long game, it only gets uglier and uglier. So I, I would have to say, yeah, the Cleveland situation makes it more difficult, but I, I still think that this would have been a difficult uh, contract to get done regardless. Let's uh, look at a couple of the red flags. And we can go on both sides to be on team, fully team Lamar Jackson or, or team Baltimore Raven. I, I think the red, for me, the red flags, and again, joined by Cordell Woodland, who covers the Baltimore Ravens for 105.7, the fan in Baltimore. The, the fact that there was no information about his medicals until he decided to release it. The fact that he wasn't with the team against the bang against the Bengals, um, and the fact that he doesn't have an agent, which just to me makes things a little more awkward. Those for me are the red flags. That's how I view them from up here in Toronto. But how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as the injury and the information that's been put out, it's been extremely frustrating for us as the media and for the fans of the Ravens out here in Baltimore. Lamar is, you know, one of the biggest names in the league, if not in sports right now, to try to be as tight-lipped as the Ravens have been about his injury doesn't benefit anybody. It doesn't, they think it benefits them as a team, I guess, from a competitive advantage or, you know, just not wanting to put too much information out there about injuries because, in fairness, they have historically been tight-lipped when it comes to injuries. John Harbaugh, is, he hates to talk about injuries, he, no matter who the player is. I will say that. But in a situation like this, when you're talking about your franchise quarterback and all the extra dynamics that come along with Lamar Jackson, with him being the big name that he is in a contract situation and the relationship between he and the team, I feel like it would have behooved the Ravens to be a little more open about his injury than they were. Uh, uh, I think going into the Week 18 game against Cincinnati, is when John Harbaugh finally came out and was like, look, we don't have any updates on Lamar's situation, which even that I thought was a little bogus because Lamar's in the building, you know, as much as anybody. He's working with the team doctors. He knows something. And even for Lamar to go on Twitter and actually put out what his injury is, I have to believe that John Harbaugh knew what his injury was. 
But if he doesn't want to tell us, so be it. Um, as far as Lamar not being at the game Saturday or Sunday night, I didn't really look at it as anything major, simply because whether he was there or not, it wouldn't have changed my log- my thinking on the relationship between he and the team right now. Uh, and RG3 came out and said Lamar has been sick. And Lamar has only traveled to one game since he's been hurt, to my knowledge at least. And that was the uh, the Cleveland game, I believe. He didn't go to Pittsburgh, didn't go to Cincinnati Week 18, or the playoff game as well. So that, that, that's that one. Um, but, again, when you're in a situation like this, when you're with a big-name quarterback and a so, sort of a feud with the franchise that he's with over a contract, every little thing is going to be under a microscope, and this is just kind of what goes with the process. Yeah, no, it, it is. And, God, it's, it's a good answer. Go to Woodland is joining us from 105.7, uh, the fan. How – how different? How much worse? I mean, we've seen the stats when we watch it, but you see it up far more up close. How different is this Ravens team with versus without them? Well, this year they, they were totally different. I will say this Ravens offense was not good at all this year. Uh, arguably the worst wide receiving core in football. The numbers will speak for themselves as far as wide receiver production compared to the rest of the NFL. It's way down at the bottom. Yeah. Um, and, and then they had the injuries at the running back position, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. They battled injuries throughout the year, stemming from both of them having season-ending injuries last year. They're working their way back this year. And, and in the second half of the season, both of them were very good. J.K. Dobbins, he went and got a scope in the middle of the season. And once he, since he's been back, he had been the leading rusher in the NFL. Um, but in terms of Lamar and this offense, the offense wasn't really good before Lamar went out. I do want to say that. And I think in large part due to this offense having a lack of talent on the perimeter and also due to Greg Roman just kind of hitting his peak. And I, I think that this offense just wasn't responding to him as the year went on. But definitely, you know, Lamar gets hurt. And now all of a sudden you lose the one guy that has the big play ability. When Lamar Jackson's on the field, the Ravens have a chance. They're going to always have a chance to beat anybody they play simply because he is just so dynamic and he can change the game in the blink of an eye, especially when you look at how good this Ravens defense was this year. Um, They could have really done some things, I think, had they been healthy. But you look at the way the offense played once Lamar was gone. You had Tyler Huntley out there who was dealing with a shoulder and wrist injury of his own. The passing game completely nosedived and went into the dirt. And the passing game wasn't good to begin with, but the passing game dropped even more with Tyler Huntley in there. And then the run game, which is very good when Lamar is out there because he's a big big part of what they like to do uh, in terms of the read option and the quarterback design runs. With Tyler Huntley out there, sure, he's a little – he's mobile as well, but not as mobile as Lamar. Um, And so so a lot of the plays that you want to call for Lamar, you can't necessarily call with the effectiveness – uh, with Tyler Huntley. So they definitely lost that big playability. They lost the uh, their Superman once Lamar was off the field. And a lot of people thought Lamar would be able to return this year. Ultimately, he wasn't. And it's no question the offense suffered because of that. I'll leave you with this. And uh, you reserve the right to be 100% wrong. And you reserve the right just to go, I have no idea. Uh, two months from now, what do you think the situation is going to be between uh, between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Well, the honest answer is I have no idea, but that's no fun. Uh, 
No. So to, 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 be a, to be a good sport, I'm going to say that I, I do think that they end up franchise tagging Lamar, and mm. I, I think that they are going to potentially have to at least entertain the idea of possibly trading him once he gets on the franchise tag if they feel like they can't get anything done long term. Um, I, I think that that decision will be made after they make a couple of con- have a couple of conversations with Lamar and find out where his head is. I think that we're entering an off season where this will be the first time where Lamar pulls a legit holdout um, because he has yet to really exercise that right up until this point. So I think this will be the first time we see a holdout for Lamar. But uh, I think that they'll ultimately franchise tag him. They will try to get a long term deal done. But ultimately, I think once we get into April, they're going to be shopping around and see if they could get a deal done for Lamar Jackson and get them a couple of first-round picks and uh, try to move on. If you were Eric DaCosta, if you were the GM, would you be more inclined to just give Lamar what he wants because he's been an MVP and there's only so many good quarterbacks or just the erratic behavior, if you want to say that or not, uh, or at the very least just injuries in the past, would you, uh, would you go more of the trade route? Me personally, I'm all about retaining talent. I understand how tough it is to get a quarterback, uh, an elite quarterback in this league, and getting first-round picks guarantee you nothing. You can have the number one overall pick and draft a quarterback. doesn't mean he's going to be good. There's nothing better in the NFL than a known commodity. You have a known commodity in Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar Jackson is a rock star. I can tell you just from being out there training camp, the kids love him. Everybody loves Lamar Jackson. We all can talk about what the hit would be on the field if they lose Lamar, but they would take a monumental PR hit losing Lamar. I think a lot of these fans, I'm not saying that they would no longer be Ravens fans, but they would they will be very upset with this team for a little bit because of how that situation went on. So if it were me, I would try to get something done with Lamar. Um, I'm not saying necessarily give him what he wants because you you got to do something that's going to at least uh, be in favor of the team as well. You don't want to give him a deal to where you have no type of flexibility to put any other pieces around him, and you would express that. To him, but I would ultimately, I would be, you know, getting little to no sleep trying to figure out a way to keep this guy on my team because I just understand the type of player that Lamar is when he is out there. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Hey, Cordell, really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to give the perspective from Baltimore. I appreciate you having me. 100%. That is Cordell Woodland, again, Ravens beat reporter for 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore.